We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Monday, February 27th. And it's, you know what we do on Mondays? Get James McCool Mondays with McCool. It's, uh, I don't know why the title is The Purpose of Tools. I think maybe that was the last time we were on talking about that, but uh, we'll, 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 we'll change the title to something that, I don't know, whatever we talk about today. We got the YouTube chat. Give me those thumbs ups. Thummy thumbs, thummy thumbs, subscribe buttons, like buttons, every button. James, how'd you do? How'd you do last night with four hundred and ten dollar charge? Whatever, me too. On Fanduel, was that yesterday? or Was that Saturday? Uh, it was yesterday. First off, and secondly, uh, I-, I think that anybody who didn't play me too was uh, making very bad choices. I did not play for multiple reasons. One, NBA sucks right now, and two, uh, it's Fanduel. So. I didn't play for how many. Rebounds. How many points did me to get? I don't think he scored very much. I think he's he had six points, three rebounds. So like, was that like eleven points or something like that? He only played four hundred and ten dollars. Four hundred and ten dollars. So the way the way that you had to play that, because but he was I, only I, center eligible, right? He was only center eligible, and that did introduce a wrinkle. Because we had the Rudy Gobert news that we were waiting on, right? So really, your options last night were playing Me Too, which I think you should have done, or playing Nas Reed. Obviously, Nas Reed puts up like 60 fantasy points or dupes the slate. But I, I think that when you have a literal free square like that, I mean, any any projection system, if you were to optimize... If you were to do anything but me too, I think that it was like three or four points below the optimal with me too. So, how would you have approached it? Did you play last night? Well, no, I don't. I don't play NBA DFS anymore. No, I mean, I I hear you. I'm just asking your your thoughts. Well, I mean, was he in the winning lineup? Mm, no, I don't know. Probably not. 
But remember, remember me. Probably not. Remember, it's not about players; it's about lineups, right? No, so you're absolutely. What right. was the, own, the to me the, the main question is how how owned was he? He was only twenty nine percent owned. Oh, he's only twenty nine percent owned. Really? I was amazed. Not, that's how that's how soft Fanduel really is. Where a guy could a guy could be four hundred bucks and only be in an NBA and only be twenty nine percent owned. I I I thought that he should have been. At least, like Nas Reed was way higher on. And what, what was Nas Reed's price? Hold on, I'm, I'm going four hundred and eleven dollars. So what? Because what, what? <laughs> he must, Nas Reed must have been projected extremely well, also for his price. Yeah, right. Probably he's probably what like five k or something. Okay, so last night we're looking at. Nas Reed was fifty two hundred on Fanduel. Okay, and he's probably he probably projected for a media. He probably projected for for like eight x, right? He projected. I think I, I didn't reset for Roto Grinders after the news right. of of those guys being out, but he projected for twenty one with both those guys in. I imagine he projected for thirty four. I had him project for thirty five. Okay, that's that's about seven x, yeah, something yeah. like that. Okay, but me too. Fantasy points, I think, on Roto Grinders, and that's twelve free fantasy points, right? Like, I, yeah, but, I it, but it's still the opportunity cost of a slot of a roster slot. You yeah, nine slots in your center. roster. Yeah, the fact that he was a center was a big piece of this. If he was like a small, it didn't forward, matter if he was. A, it wouldn't matter anyway. But whenever you get in those spots, it's like his median outcome is fine for the price, but for for GPPs. Like you could build lineups, like you said, you took out me too, and you put in someone else, and it oh, it's three, three or four points lower. Like you could still play those lineups if, yeah. if they're lower owned, and yet you're dropping sure. in projection. You could still. So it's not to me. It's not a matter of do you play them or not. It's just there are line there are lineups with them that are plus EV, and there are lineups without them that are plus EV. But at twenty nine percent owned in that spot, I'd be probably be more likely to to have him in more lineups than in less oh, yeah. ones. But you told me he was 85% owned and I'd be like, I'd be more likely to play, try to play other lineups that had, that have better, that could probabilistically have better ceilings. But from a cash game perspective, you probably, you're probably playing, you're probably just doing stars and scrubs on FanDuel playing me to nobody with, with whatever projection he had at 400. I mean, and then you're good, but I mean for GPPs, also realize combinatorically once you once you put a four hundred and ten dollars center in, like it leads you to a lot of the same spots in the in the other eight spots in your lineup. Your problem, you're able to get everyone you want, but everyone else is also able to get whoever you want. Yeah the the other wrinkle here is that um, we ended up also having Draymond Green out for Golden State, so. What what we ended up with was Damian Lillard as like the best play on the slate at at his price, and he nuked seventy one. He, he put up seventy one real points, right? Yeah, seventy one real points. Just nuked the slate. Um, but you you did play both Lillard and Jokic and Divincenzo and like all of the value, and it it didn't cause you any issues, right? So. I, I think one at 29% owned, he was drastically under owned 
in my opinion, just because he did, he has shown that he does have 18 plus fantasy point upside. He averages a fantasy point per minute. Uh, he had 15 minutes in two games ago. They went in double OT, which is why he had 24, but a median expectation of 15 minutes, 15 fantasy points. It was going to be really hard to find something that was within the median expectation of those optimal lineups. You absolutely could, but at 29% out, he was drastically under him. Yeah, but you're focusing on median expectation. Like, for median expectation... Well, I mean, I'm focusing, I'm focusing on if you were building out in a way that for... For small field GPPs, I absolutely think he should have been drastically higher owned. And for large field GPPs, I think he should have been at least 50% owned. I just think 29% is too low for for the, for his medians. And ceiling was, I mean, a ceiling of 20 fantasy points at free is like, that. that's going to make up so much, man. But people are going to be results oriented, of course. Right, yeah, we, got people in the ch- we got we got people I don't recognize in the chat right now that because he only got twelve fantasy points that obviously he was obviously he was obviously that was uh, that someone at Fanduel but uh, fat fingered a uh, uh, whatever uh, forgot an extra zero at forty one hundred and it was done on purpose it was it was it was uh, they it was rigged right they called it in to make <laughs> sure that that me too w- wouldn't wouldn't do well right. Yeah, th- I saw um, somebody saying on Twitter the other day that like the players are in on it when Little Johnny has a three leg parlay, <laughs> and it's always one guy that doesn't get there. Right. It, it was. I saw. I saw that. It's like so. Someone had like like all three players from the from the Blazers to like get like twenty four points or something like yeah. that, and but Lillard hogged the ball and got all the points. It's like so they they obviously had a conversation yeah, beforehand. So some of these things, it's not, I I have to think some of these are sarcastic. Yeah, I mean I don't. I I, I always want to say people can't be this stupid, but I'm proven wrong pretty frequently, and, and it just I don't know. Uh, players are never in on it, man. No player is going to jeopardize their own game and like their own career. Just. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's so you, you know, you know how much these players get paid. That's so cool. right. I mean, yeah, like, like the people, especially like Damian Lillard. Right. It's like when when people like these are these are people that have eight figure contracts, right? But obviously, you know, the getting the 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 thirty k kickback or something supposedly from having all the boosts that you could only max bet ten dollars on. Yeah. Right. To make sure that that they. That they that your two dollar parlay doesn't get there. Did you did yeah. you see did you no, see the script? Did you see the Jake um, Paul uh uh Tommy Fury script? Yeah, what's with all these scripts lately, man? What's with all these people like trying to pull out the scripts and, and showing like, oh yeah, the, we somebody for sure wrote this down on a piece of paper. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Come on, come on. You can't be this gullible. Like this is why sports books are so profitable. Because people are looking at it, it's it's a piece of paper for those who didn't see it. Somebody apparently found the script, which was written down on a piece of loose leaf paper out of like a printer, and it has things circled on it with like markers and stuff saying, Oh yeah, round one this happens, round two this happens, round three this happens. And then if that wasn't hilarious enough, the dude who posted it after the fight 
when Tyson Fury won and the script said that Jake Paul Tommy, was supposed to win. Tommy Fury. Tyson Fury would have destroyed him. Whatever. Tommy Fury. Tommy I don't Fury. care. <laughs> yes, Tyson Fury killed him. But, but when Fury wins, the dude goes to Twitter and is like, the script happened exactly as I expected, just all of the opposites. And it's like, how? That, that's how you, they were misleading us. How do you? They, read, they wrote the wrong names on the sides of the script. How do you convince yourself of these things? So like, what, what kind of stuff is going on in your head that you believe this kind of stuff, man? Yeah, but we're talking about that. That have you seen? Have you seen? Have you seen the world the past ten years or whatever? Right? They're, uh, it's so bad. They're, they're, you know that they're in the the basement of of a pizza place. There are reptile creatures that are that are that are eating eating babies right like people, I, I, and truthfully james like the fact that like that is wholly unbelievable so it's like well i'm obvious obviously there's no reptile creatures in our in our government that in the basement of a pizza place are eating babies so like like that's ridiculous but like damian lillard obviously fixing <laughs> Blazers games that he wins and the players are getting together to make sure he scores all the points. Like that seems way more believable, actually. It's like in, in comparison, I'm like, like, okay, the one thing, the, the, the QAnon stuff. Yeah. May, maybe, maybe that's not really happening, but like, so, you know, the players getting together for $2 parlays like that, at least is at least feet. That at least that sounds like something that could happen. Right. Like, I think, I think we're getting to that point. All right. Look, look, Here's here's the thing, all right? Um, I think that the internet is a really good thing. <laughs> You're but saying that as a disclaimer. You're saying like, okay. As a disclaimer, all, I think the internet it's is a really, a good really thing, but, but. I think the internet's a really good thing, but what it has enabled is that before the internet, back in the 18th century, let's let's go a little bit back, all right? There, there were self-contained towns and villages, right? Where, like, all the people just kind of knew what was happening within the villages. And, like, maybe there was, like, a newspaper or some sort of person on a horse that brings news from across the country, okay? But for the most part, these are self-contained areas. And in each self-contained area, there was a village idiot, okay? And that village idiot was not able to then connect with the other village idiots around the world in the country. And what the internet has enabled is that now all of the village idiots can come together and convince each other that they are correct and spread their dumb knowledge around the world through the internet and convince other people who are susceptible to village idiotism to join their cult of village idiots. And so what we have now is the internet has created a horde of the dumbest people from every different town and village. And they just get to speak freely and just say whatever they want. And it can just be dumb, like reptiles in the bottom of a pizza shop eating babies or Damian Lillard sacrificing his eight figure contract to ruin little Timmy's $2 parlay for a payout of $7. Like, all of the village idiots need to not have internet access. That's that's what I'm trying to say. I think that you have to pass an IQ test to use the internet moving forward so we can just get rid of this. I just that's think that did, 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 I like the village idiots because that's how do you think we make money? I mean, we make yeah, money absolutely. off of village okay, so, idiotism, okay. 
right? All right. So the only internet access that village idiots can have is to FanDuel and DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 the th- and the thing, James, is is that uh, the the village idiots are also running FanDuel. I know. I know. I know this. God, the village idiots all came together through their little their little cohorts and started FanDuel, and that's what we have. And somehow they have a fifty-one percent market sh- market cap of gambling in the United States. Well, that's mostly the sports. I book. hate that's that the sports right. book, though. Sure, whatever. Yeah, the sports book. Oh, also, oh, we, I, we, we, always... we didn't hit on uh, today. Uh, not as uh, Neil Jaworski says. Uh, maybe I missed it, but I was surprised how little complaining I saw on Twitter about no MMA late swap after the main event was canceled. Oh yeah, totally skipped over that there was a there was a late swap mishap on on MMA. Um, well, it wasn't a late swap mishap. Yeah, that well, that the main event was we had no late swap. The main event was canceled, right. and I and I you know you know how much uh, I I played seven lineups on on Saturday. Uh, guess what 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 my uh, my return my overall uh, return was? Did you have negative one hundred percent? Yes, it was negative one. Yes, yeah, negative one hundred percent. Yeah. It's because you had exposure to the main event in all of those lineups, correct? No, at six out of seven, and also I faded. I faded Brandon. Al- okay. I faded Brandon Allen as a chalk dog, and he beat Mooney's. So like that didn't help, right? And then I played. Then I played. I played three lineups with Eric Gonzalez. I mean, Pete Gonzalez. I played in all my lineups for Pete, and he, he was the highest score on the slate. But Eric Gonzalez like took him down like six times, and then he got knocked down three times and lost. With one second to go in the first round, uh, so like yeah, like my lineups had like all had like four wins, and like a zero, and on a, on a, what then becomes a ten fight yeah. card with the main event, you, you can't even cash with that. You need five wins in order to even cash at that oh, point. Yeah. So, but I'm not, I, of course, I'm not on Twitter. Go, oh my god, you got to get talk talking to these these late swap swap the what slappies, slappies, call them slappies. Yeah. slappies. It, I, what's the, what's the point? <laughs> what 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 is what is the point? That these are people that do not fundamentally understand the mathematics of that of of games. I'm not even saying daily fantasy sport, just games in general. I got into one conversation of some someone replied to me. It's like like I've racked my brain on why late swap is bad. Like I don't understand why you wouldn't want to have it so that if something gets if someone gets injured that you want to put in another guy in that spot. And it's like, and then I look at the rest of his timeline and it's him complaining about stuff that it's like, it's obvious he doesn't understand. Like no late swap is not just used when a player is injured, like type of like, no, if you implement late swap, like you could do anything you want after like, well, what would be. And then he tried to get into, well, well on this card, would, would you rather swapped out the main event guy with another guy? I go. Yeah. I would have loved to do it. So, so then why don't you want it? So, so why, why is it bad? Why, why can't you allow other people to do that? I said, I said, doesn't it suck for people? Like, doesn't it suck for you that had Nikita Krylov in your lineup? And let's say I didn't. And I said, yeah. And the next late, it'll, the next time there's a cancellation, it'll be, it'll be you with the zero and me not with the zero. Like in the long run, as long as we don't know if, if randomly we said on every MMA slate, Random one fight will get canceled post lock randomly, just randomly. Doesn't matter if there's late swap or not. 
And the answer is it doesn't matter, yeah. right? Because you'll get affected as much as whatever. But that concept, you know, when when they're when they're in the in the basement of the, the pizza shop, you know, the, the that doesn't have a basement, you know, with the reptiles and the and the eating babies, like, like they're, they're not. They, when are they ever getting these concepts like that? They're not. Well, on this on this one slide, oh, if you would have taken out, I wouldn't have lost. I said. Did, did anyone know that the main event was going to be canceled? No. So and it's just here's, here's the thing that, that completely just evades. You're not the only person that would make that swap. You probably still wouldn't cash, even if you made the swap. Because everybody else, including the players that are monumentally better than you, also made the swap. So, like, it's, sure, there are going to be... 10% of people in the contest that don't make the swap. Maybe you gain 10% on well, the field. EV. Say that again. Well, that's EV. I'm not, that's not even the point that I'm making. Like guy, guy made the point. It's like, Oh, the point. That, it's the you, point. That I'm you didn't have, if you didn't have late swap in NBA, would you still play it? I go, actually, if there was no late swap in NBA, I'd be playing it. It's actually because I'd be more willing to play it because I'm not playing. It. And I, yeah. and I'm saying, and I, and I made it a point to say that it's, no late swap reduces my edge, but it also dramatically reduces the the work that mm -hmm. needs to be done. So I have no problem. I mean, I remember uh, there was a point where DraftKings, or there, there, there was no late swap in NBA. This was like four years ago. They had a period where there was no late swap. And it was always, I remember, the Sacramento Kings were the, the, were, were the Thunder team of this year. I mean, I mean, back it wasn't as bad back then, but the Sacramento Kings, like, is Zach Randolph going to play or not? Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, right? Like, it was bad. You didn't know who was going to start at center. If Willie Cauley-Stein was even going to be in, like, it was one of those things where, hey, if you knew, there was value. If you didn't, you could possibly play a guy that literally DMPs. And they were, and since on the West Coast, they were typically a 10.30 Eastern game, a 10 o'clock Eastern game. And with no late swap, it's like a lot of people never played the Kings. And you know what? I took shots. And sometimes I got a zero for Zach Randolph. And sometimes Willie Cauley-Stein puts up 45 points for, for like 4,200 or something. But I know I'm taking that. I, I'm going to take this risk. And then it's just built in. And then there were people that were scratched all the time. This guy's not. Okay. But anyone that was questionable on the injury report, they were very low owned. Why? Because there was no late swap. So if you want to yeah. take a shot, take a shot. And if you want to take a shot on the players that benefit, if that guy's out, take a shot. It's all probabilistic. But at 7 o'clock Eastern, everything gets locked, and then you don't have to worry about it. But yeah. obviously, the 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 conspiracy theory people, you know, they they're the types that complain. The the casual people that actually lose, that, that lose edge by not embracing variants want the late swap so that the four times a year that one guy's in their lineup and they could replace for an injured player, they don't realize that that's the, you're, the reason they've lost is because everyone's been late swapping and optimizing around them, and they haven't because they just think, oh, if a if a fight gets canceled, I just I just swap out that guy, not realizing that the guy the, the reason that you've never won first place in your small field GPP is because people have unblocked themselves from your lineup and. You've never, you've come in fifth. And it's like, if it was no late swap, you would have came in first because no one would have been able to 
look at your lineup and unblock themselves. But those so concepts, those concepts go all once you start debating with these people, then it becomes the point. Like why, why even bother? Like, you know, you know what I do? I go here. Here's my YouTube channel. Here's the Roto Grinders pregame show. It's like there's hundreds. Of, you're you're saying that there's no one's talking about it. Like, dude, it's like I could literally type in DFS late swap or MMA late swap into YouTube, and there's there's multiple videos. Not just me. Not just here on Roto Grinders. Like you, all of this is explained. Right, all these concepts. Why do you think I, I I get annoyed at people when it's like, well, can you explain to me ex- some fundamental thing in D- that they misunderstand about DFS? And I go, you, you've had you've had like eight years to learn this. Like, like it's not like go on YouTube. There's like there's hundreds of hours of content that explains this. Go on Twitter. There's hundreds. Like, yeah. it's not like it doesn't exist. Go on Google. Type it in. What's what, what I'm gonna have 280 character tweets and try to explain what's like what 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 a fundamental statistical concept of probability is like just go look for it like but those are the people that we make money the 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 village idiots yeah that's who we make money from here's here's a good analogy for late swap all right so imagine you're walking down the beach and see a quarter on on the ground and you pick up and you pick it up, right? It's in the sand. It's on the top. You see it. It's glittering. It's gleaming. You go and you pick up the quarter, right? You do that a couple times along the beach. It, it doesn't happen very often, but you know you're you're there. You pick up the things that you see. And then there's another guy. So you've made like two dollars off of this walk down the beach. There's another guy who has a metal detector who's sweeping the beach, and he picks up fourteen dollars of quarters because there's some that are hidden in the sand not the ones that are super obvious that's late swap the casuals are the ones that are just picking up the quarters that they see on top of the sand and the players who are actually utilizing late swap correctly are the ones sweeping with a metal detector and picking up all the extra ev that is not completely shallow that's the way that it is and so when when people want to talk about late swap and and i was um i was guilty of it back four years ago five years ago I didn't completely understand the, the concept of late swap. And, and I've learned since that was arguing a lot for late swap to be reintroduced for NBA. And I was making arguments for it on Twitter and like being a total idiot about it. But I've learned since that that is not what you want as a casual player. And even as a pro player, like it's so much less stressful and there's so much less work that goes into something like NBA or MMA. Um, well, if you're any, a skilled, let, 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 let me be clear. If you're a skillful player that has unlimited amount of time yeah, and cares very little about our, how much your time is worth, then late swap yep. is, is 100. You would love it in any every sport possible, as many yep. swaps as you possibly can. You'd want late swap even after like, oh, like holes in golf. Like yep. you could, like you'd want as many, you want as many decisions possible to be made yep. right that gives you the most advantage over time the thing is is that how much is your time worth so like when two things ecosystem wise if you make a game that is so too skillful that means the ecosystem for the game will die out quicker because there's not enough luck introduced so that bad players can win often enough for them to keep on playing. Yep. They will lose in the long run, but they will win often enough 
That's why poker, DFS are very similar. I mean, DFS is, there's a, there's, I would say that there's more edge in poker, but there's also more, I think there's more participation in poker. DFS, on the other hand, for GPPs, like, unless, you, unless you're really screwing up, like, you can't be that bad, right? That you're losing money way too quickly, but it depends on the format. So late swap is bad for the ecosystem because with late swap, it's now making skillful players and less skillful players. The skill gap gets wider. Wider than the skill gap. Right? So from, I love, I would love for the skill gap to be wide and the ecosystem to be good. So there's a balance of that. So when you see sharper players arguing against late swap, it's, it's more from the fact of one, it kills the ecosystem quicker. Right. It's like, oh, well, if we if we make this too skillful five years from now, DFS will be dead because all the bad players will go broke or quit and go. They, I, We have no shot. I'm getting out of here. Right. And then there's then now you're left with all the skillful players fighting over the scraps and there's not enough edge with within the rake for it to be worthwhile. And number two, even if you have an edge right with late swap, which you do, how much is that worth versus the time that it takes for you to implement that edge. So from my perspective, although NBA, I'm highly profitable NBA, right? One of my best quote, best sports for four years. You take a look and it's like, okay, what do I have to do for NBA every night? It's like, okay, bare minimum. I'm starting at five 30 in Eastern, right? For the injury report, the last injury report. Updating projections and everything, which obviously Rotor Griders takes care of. So from five thirty to seven, I'm I'm building or contemplating lineups. I'm I'm assessing something. It's taking it's occupying my brain in some regard. And then most late, like the late games don't go off until like ten o'clock at night, ten thirty at night, Eastern. So like from five thirty Eastern to ten thirty Eastern, I have to be. I have to work, right? It may not, I, yes. At eight o'clock, I have to check every every lock time and make swaps and everything. So that's like five hours of work every every slate for the most part, on average. So I'm like, how much is that edge worth that I want to work five hours a yeah. day that I can't do something else that makes up for that? And I decided that, like, I... Five hours, I think, dude. I make, I think, I make more more money playing poker in five hours than yeah. I do NBA DFS. So hence why choosing that prop bets. If I if I didn't play poker, I'd be like, okay, I'd focus more on prop bets so I don't have to worry about late swapping lineups. It's like once I got the props in, they're in. I don't have to do anything. Yes, I will still have to monitor stuff. It's still going to be work, but it won't be as much work as late swap in NBA DFS. So there's a lot of sharp players that are like. We would have an edge with no late swap, right? It's still a game of probabilities. It'd be less of an edge, but it still would be an edge. But then I would only have to do an hour and a half of work, right? 5.30 to 7, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens, happens. If so, and if Joe Jokic gets scratched, if Gobert doesn't play, it is what it is. I either took a chance or or just X'd them out and said, I'm not going to bother. And then the ownership will reflect that as well. Yep. And people will adjust to that. And th- there will be an edge there. But that's the main reason. So, like, yes, late swap is skillful, but it's also how much 
How much are you actually getting from it versus the time that you put in? And James, I'm assuming that you're working all day as it is with all your models and everything. Do you want, do you now want to work? I mean, how long are you? You're only one person. What, 12 hour days for no reason? Yeah, man, I, uh, I can't when I have to go back upstairs to my computer after I try to shut things down at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Because, like, if there's a scratch in a late game and I have to come back upstairs after running overnights and, like, interrupt my dinner with my kid and everything like that after working a 10-hour day, right, uh, just full tilt. Um, it's the worst. And, and that's one of the reasons why I don't I, – I like playing NBA when I am already playing of things right so like during the nfl season i like playing nba because i'm already still at my computer all the time uh but after nfl season is over when it's basically like nba and nhl and overnights and and like pga you know weekend sports i'm not at my computer all the time i maybe work five to six hours a day right now so i'm not I'll, I'm not automatically at my computer and I might as well be making more money while I'm at my computer. I'm playing NBA by, you know, getting more volume down or whatever. So at this point in the season, yeah, it's, it's incredibly, it, it is not worth my time to be sitting here and making late swaps at 8 PM uh, on a Tuesday night or whatever, waiting for news on the Sacramento Kings or the, the Lakers fancy Davis going to play. Like, I, I, I absolutely I will find better time. I will build a model. I will build a new simulation thing. I will code. I'll learn how to do better front end stuff. I'll go answer port tickets for Theory DFS. Like I have a million things that I can do that are more equitable to me than dealing with late swap in NBA right now. But uh, but people will will still will still think that like. The sharp, like what, like I, I sit like the conspiracy theories of like, well, how if you're if you're so good, you say late swap is so skillful, like why are you advocating against it? Because I don't want to work. PM. <laughs> I don't want to work at eight PM. You're also James. When That's I'm when I, just like what I said before about the village idiots, you're arguing with people that don't because they they don't under, like you're dealing with people that they only late swap. If they have a player in their lineup that gets in, that gets scratched, that we find out, oh, Aaron Gordon isn't in today. Do I? And then their 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 thought process is only this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aaron Gordon isn't going to play. Oh, here's the news coming out. Aaron Gordon isn't in. So they use a flow chart, right? They have a little flow chart in their head, their village idiot head, right? The flow chart says, is Aaron Gordon in my lineup? If the answer is no, they don't do anything. They're, they're okay. What do I care that Aaron Gordon is is out? If the answer is yes, then they go to the next thing of who do I replace him with at the same price in that spot? Like they're not even switching out the other players in their line. They're just like, oh, Aaron Gordon's out. I'm going to switch to whatever the next price guy that is in the remaining games, just so I don't get a zero. And then they're submitting, and that's it. Right? They're n- they have no concept. I mean, obviously, the people watching this show obviously do. Of There's the basic concept of, like, even if the guy is out, how does that benefit other people that you could play on his team that are now underpriced because his usage is gone? Like, that's the simple fact of the matter is. But these also are other, these are people that don't even think in terms of what happens if there's no injuries at all? And the starting lineup is switched. And it's like, oh, the guy that we all thought was going to be the, you know, get in the second unit is actually starting, right? Or some some switch in the starting lineup that now, oh, the guy that we thought was going to play 18 minutes may actually play 26 minutes. And now a lot of people are going to be swapping to him. Like this guy doesn't even consider that because it's like, why do I care about late swap unless one of my guys are injured? Like, like, so imagine explaining also, the mathematical pro- uh, the things about, well, if you didn't have any late swap, then you'd, you'd take a probability, a probabilistic guess of, is it worth taking a shot at playing this guy that's questionable, but it's, he's going to be set. He's going to be like 4% owned and could be great. And if he doesn't play, if he actually ends up, you know, at eight 30, they say, Oh, nope, he's out. You're willing to just eat, eat the loss. And just like, okay, that was, that was the risk. These people, they don't understand these these village idiots. They don't understand that. They don't they they don't play that. And also, outside of one slate, like one whatever slate they're playing today, that's all that matters. It's as if the world ends tomorrow. I I also want to point out, like we're only talking about one lineup right now. This is this is people who are looking at this with one lineup. God forbid you have ten. God and Allah bid you have a hundred and you have to be making these equitable swaps like no but these the the, the village idiots don't play the village idiots don't play 150 liners remember the village idiots play one lineup no the village idiots think that the only reason why the good players win is because they play 150 lineups and yeah if he could if that guy could afford to play 150 lineups they'd obviously they i mean they'd be raking in all the money I think that every single person who says that people are only winning for 150 lineups should be absolutely locked down to their computer, completely handcuffed to their seat, and forced that we I will pay you to put 150 lineups into the 10 cent contest. I, I will sponsor you, but you have to do it. And no, you have no, to James, your they're not they never do it. They're too busy no, I know, in the basement I know. of the pizza shop with the reptiles and the eating babies. Right. No, but we can arrange this. I can take a computer I can have a computer inserted into the basement of this pizza shop for them. 
I can do this. All right. We're computer. We're going to put it in the bottom of the pizza shop. All right. We're going to shuffle the, the reptiles around a little bit. They're pizza. kind of hard to wrangle. Right. They're, they're kind of they're kind of hard to wrangle, but we can get them into one corner. We can get the computer into another corner. And I want to take one of these village idiots. I want to sit them down at 5 p.m. Eastern. Okay. Or 6 p.m. Eastern. All right. So they have an hour. And I want them. I will sponsor them. I will give you the money to max out the 10 cent contest. And then I to do your absolute best from 5 p.m. until the slate ends. You can use late swap. You cannot use late swap. Whatever you want to do, go ahead and build 150 lineups and tell me how easy it is to lose that money. Because if you don't win that contest, do, do the reptiles disappear? Are you in a pizza shop anymore? What it's, happened? It's, to like the it's, it's, it's because it's rigged. No, they'll play no. 150 lineups, and then when they don't win with the 150 lineups, it's because of the bots. They were beaten by bots. So, I I think what would happen is they would play the 150 lineups, and then at the end of this slate, they would look at the reptiles and they'd say, "This stuff is rigged." And then the reptiles would be like, no, you just suck at DFS, dude. And then they'd go back to eating their babies. That's what would happen. Picture yourself for me. A, gr a group of baby-eating reptiles just absolutely berating this village idiot. 50 max. I want, more, I want baby, more baby-eating reptiles in my contest. I mean, that you're you're trying to you're trying to inform these people. I I, I want I I I, I don't mind the reptiles eating as many babies as they want if they're putting in more lineups into my DFS contest. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that if the reptiles eating the babies were actually playing DFS, they'd be pretty good. Why, pretty why good. do you think that they would be good? Well, I mean, they, they obviously are smart enough to be eating babies. That's a smart person thing to do. So I oh, think yeah. they'd be very good at DFS. That, that takes, there, that takes is it because they're part of the global cabal and they know, about, they know all the scripts? For all the games? Yeah, well, they know that Damian Lillard is going to be throwing his game because of little Timmy's $2 parlay. Uh, These reptiles know. They're right. part of it. Of course, those are the people that faded the main event in the MMA over the weekend, right? They yeah, knew it. Split, and they knew. They, the had the, they knew that the script was in already. Sp split the top prize 14 ways and made six on their negative 7% EV lineups. Or however much EV they were supposed to gain on that, but yeah. Anyway, the uh, the story, moral of the story here is you don't actually want light swap. And anybody that the two things, if you take two things from anything that you can glean from Jordan and I ranting about nothing for the last forty five minutes, has been uh, you don't want late swap, and using one hundred and fifty lineups is hard. That's it. That's the all. The the, 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 Steve has the title of reptiles and pizza shop basements. <laughs> Now the title should be the village idiot. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, idiot. I, see, I don't want the I don't want the YouTube title to be anything about about QAnon stuff because then we'll unless that's good, let's get that's good for search. Do we want those people coming? No, that's bad. That's bad. I think I'm pretty sure that that actually cuts it down in the algorithm. Right. I guess I don't know. Maybe we Not should. People come in. People come here. They'll go theory of daily fantasy sports. You know, 15-hour uh, audio masterclass so you can pick up a theory of DFS.com. Fake news. Fake. That's, oh, this is all, this is all, this is all BS, right? We should, right? we should rename it theory. If I, uh, 
they'll say that if you if I use your custom Excel tools, it allows you to now spy on my computer, right? And now you have oh, all yeah. my, now I know all what everything lineup you're that, right? And now you're gonna cheat. That's that's the only reason that we're offering this is that we're, we're right. We're trying to we're trying to get software on your computers yeah. so that uh, that we could figure out what everyone else is playing and then play the opposite. The same the same thing. Just like when I go on shows, right? Oh. Oh, the, oh, you're, you oh, you're always talking about like the best plays, right? Like, oh, oh, this guy projects well, this guy projects well, this guy projects well. It's like, and then like, it seems like every single day that the, that the lineup that wins the large field GPP has like, doesn't have as many of those players in it. <laughs> I just, I have to sit there and go, yeah, because it shouldn't, because if you played all the best plays, you'd be, have the highest own lineup and it's hard to win a GPP that way. So, you need to find ways to get different. And then they go, yeah, but I thought those are the best plays. It's like, at least you don't, at least you don't believe reptiles are in the basements eating, eating babies, but uh, you're reptiles. getting there. You're getting close to it. Yeah. I think that we should just rename it theory of QN and fantasy sports. <laughs> that oh, really oh, dirty tenors in chat. Got to run the pizza shop reptile sims. Uh, Nerdy Tanner needs to. Uh, maybe we have to create a sim on like how many village idiots. Like, does it matter? Like, basically, how many babies get? Like, we have to project the amount of babies that are eaten in the basements. You know how, how many idiots to take screw a light bulb? How many village idiots does it take to eat a baby? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're completely off the rails. I'm so excited for baseball to be back, Jordan. So we can actually talk about DFS. Yes, yeah, so someone, someone earlier. It's so on. hard to talk about DFS. Uh, next, next yeah. week, next yeah. Monday, yeah. next Monday, James Injustice three hundred and sixty has a question because we're we're kind of out of time. Uh, how will the we'll talk about the effect of the new MLB rules on like does that matter as far as projection mm. is concerned? We'll talk. We'll talk about that next week. Don't 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 give your thoughts or whatever. But did did you see? Did you see the pitch clocks? Yeah. Did you see? Yeah, no, did I... you see the the game that went into extra innings because the guy struck out by having a hitter violation? Yeah. Are 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 you are you for yeah, that or against? I... Are, are you for all of this or against all of this? So I think pitch clock is a good thing. Um, I I think that overall, like, it will increase sets of urgency, and I think that that's good for a couple things. I think it'll be better for pitchers. First off. I think it'll be really good for pitchers because once they kind of get like into the groove of it, uh, it's going to make more sense for them to be able to push the pace and understand that they are the offensive engine of push and have first move advantage. Um, but I don't, I think that that clock should probably not exist in the ninth inning in OT. I just, I don't, I don't think that it should exist Dur during the dramatic points of the game, the ninth inning and then extra innings, like, part of the allure of baseball is that drama towards the end of the game and like close games, close scores, stuff like that. And um, I, I think that's kind of silly, but I don't think we're going to see very many uh, uh, clock offs, you know, like a walk off. I don't think many of those in season. Well, my attitude with the, the end of the game thing is that if I think the rules should be enforced the same way, regardless of what, what, what it is. I mean, the same thing in NBA where, Apparently fouls are called differently the last like five minutes yeah. of a game. Like truthfully, shouldn't you just call it the way that it's called the 
However, the, the ninth inning should play out the same way that the fifth innings play out. I understand your point from an entertainment standpoint. Yeah, yeah. But from a competitive st- from competitive view, like why shouldn't there be the same clock in the ninth inning as there should be in the first inning? It, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, maybe 15 seconds. The only thing that I've noticed is that at 15 seconds, I actually think is too short. I've se- I, se- I saw a sequences with pitchers, and I'm like, Maybe tw- 20. It almost feels like some of these pitchers are pitching like with like one or two seconds left on the clock. And I, I always viewed the pitch clock type of uh, argument that people have made for 30 years as a way to make sure instead of thinking in terms of how do we speed up the game? It's more of how do we prevent players from stalling? So right. to me, 20 seconds is like, yeah, you should throw, you should be able to pitch within twenty seconds. Fifteen mm-hmm. seems a little, it just seems a little too quick, right? Yeah, and the same thing with the, the the hitters, like with the like, dude, you don't have to, you could step out of the box once, right? But constantly and then calling time, like whatever we could do to prevent stalling, rather than I, it just seems like a lot of this stuff is how do we get games that. Uh, under under three hours type of thing rather than how do we prevent players from stalling and then naturally once you stop preventing players from stalling the game becomes better to watch and it ends up yeah. under three hours well and on top of that first off i don't think that there was ever an issue with how long because it's it's different like nba games the, the difference between a baseball game and an, and an NBA game is that a baseball game, you're kind of there for the vibes and just like there with your family to go out during a summer day and like spend the day at the ball game. Like you kind of want the games to be long when you're going to games. Well, how if they you re- on television? Well, so I was going to say that they don't actually care about television because if they cared about television, they would get rid of the blackout restrictions. So like this, it kind of seems like a weird, I think that the pitch clock is weird. Uh, from their standpoint, I do understand that they want to make the game shorter, but I agree with you that it, what it is, is understanding that pitchers should be dictating the pace of play more. Uh, and 15 seconds, I do think is probably a little bit short, maybe 17, 18 seconds would be a little bit better. But that being said, um, I, I am excited to see how the pace of play affects the way that things go. I, we, we might see certain pitchers come out like less of a reliance on reading through the framing and and looking at what calls should be made and coming out with almost like a a script of what pitches they want to throw they might come out with the script um i don't know it'll be interesting i i i'm a little worried about injuries because pitchers are going to feel like they are putting themselves in a position that is is worse in in lieu of the time clock um, like, like Neil just said, Southern Gray took 28 seconds between pitches. If you're trying to pitch twice as fast, like that can lead to some injuries, I think. So can I'm interested call, to see. Call time how... out? Uh, hold on. Can, what, can, what, what happens if you want to call timeout? I mean, aren't, are there like a limit on that? Like, like for instance, like if the catcher wants to, if you want to have a conversation or something. Like, can they call timeout? Is that well, part of the pitch? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I mean, that? there there were plenty of instances where, like, what was it? Managers were only able to come out times last year. Yeah, but I'm just Something. talking about time in like general. That, they'll probably I mean, have. 
I mean, when do, when when does the count start? For instance, That's there's no question. batter in this. When the batter makes it into the batters, like I haven't read the rules for this. I mean, and obviously, someone that I, I, I know baseball rules more than anything else. Like I haven't read. Like how is this? When does when does the clock start? I'm assuming the, the clock starts when the pitcher and the ball and the catcher and the batter are ready. When the pitcher gets the ball and the catcher and the batter. So okay, when so the batter that, enters into the box. Right. But when is it you're ready? Because let's say you're not even on the you're not even on the rubber yet. Can you just call timeout and spend three minutes doing nothing? I mean, like, I mean that Probably. you could before. I mean, like that that's that's what I'm saying. Like that it seems like these things are being implemented to speed up the game and not yeah. prevent stalling because there's obviously there's some there's gonna be some loophole that's gonna allow the pitcher to come off the mound if they wanted to to ex- to stop the clock or extend the time because they're not ready yet right so now instead of coming yeah. off after hitting the rubber maybe they never touch the rubber maybe they're they're they don't even get into their set position until the till they know what pitch they're going to pitch or whatever and then they go and next thing you know Sonny Gray you know with the time in between pitches becomes 28 seconds again because yeah. It's only 14 seconds. It's only 15 on the clock, but 13. He's figured out a way where, based on the rules, it's like, well, I'm never, I'm never gonna get, I'm never gonna be set, right? I'm only gonna be set. So that's that's interesting. It's interesting that that it actually starts when the batter gets in the box because while pitchers are going to be able to kind of dictate how quickly things move along once it is in their court, batters who are quicker into the batter's box might be able to push pitchers a little bit faster than they want to go. That's no, no, but the pitcher's not ready. So let's say here's the first pitch. No, okay, no, the when, pitch. when the pitcher, when the pitcher gets and the catcher and the batter are ready, it doesn't have to do with the pitcher. If the pitcher has the ball and the batter is in the box, that's when the clock starts. No so, matter where the, no matter where the pitcher or the catcher is, no matter where, no matter where the pitcher is, the catcher has to be ready. The catcher and the, and the hitter, have to be ready. What, what do you, how do you determine the catcher being ready? Can the catcher just fake not be ready and just stand up and stand to the side? Maybe. I don't know. But, but it, you more... understand what I'm saying? Let's say the pitcher throws a pitch, and obviously when they, they follow through and they come off the mound, the catcher throws the ball back to them. The pitcher yeah. is off the mound now with the ball. The pitcher is technically not ready. He's not no, on. It doesn't matter if the pitcher is ready. It matters if the catcher and the hitter. Okay, are so the catcher just doesn't go, doesn't crouch down until the pitcher yeah. is ready. That's, I mean, that probably... that's why it's like these rules. Like it's 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 not it's never going to work without like the people are going to find a way around this. It's a, it some seems like extent. it's on the catcher. So another R is empty pitchers will have 15 seconds from the time the catcher returns the ball to them to begin their motion to throw so it seems like it's on the catcher ultimately to begin the pitch clock so the catcher could hold on to the ball and the pitch and the pitch and the pitch clock will never so they could actually make it so that they could the catcher could hold on to the obviously not with men on base yeah right hold on to the ball get ready Right, wait for the batter. Still have the ball in his hand, and then let's say, how about the catcher yep. catches the ball? So let the catcher catches the ball, doesn't throw it back to the pitcher, and the catcher just runs to the mound for a conversation. Or that's when they decide on the next pitch, and then they throw the ball. So the right, pitcher and has then, they, then he gives the ball back to the pitcher. 
We'll see. It's interesting. I think it's a good change. I think it'll be interesting for the pace of play. Um, and obviously, like, anything that, that gives pitchers more advantages is going to be fun for Oh, you think this gives pitchers more advantage? I think it gives hitters more advantages. No, I because the in in every sport, in in basically every single competitive sport where it's one person versus another in in a in a contained interaction, first first move advantage always wins out in the long run. And pitchers ultimately always have first move. Pitchers just don't utilize it as much as they should. You see guys like Scherzer or this Ben Joyce dude who came up from Tennessee. Um who are really ready and do not let hitters stall and sit there and, and like get ready. That first move advantage is so big in every single sport, that offensive first move that I think that anything that allows pitchers to dictate the pace and, and uh, exploit the first move is going to give them a larger advantage. How about with reptiles eating babies? I believe that the reptiles have the first move depending on how old the baby is. Uh, okay. Is that part of your your projection model? This is like if this is like a seven month old baby, then the reptiles for sure have first move advantage. <laughs> seven month old babies don't move much. But if this is like uh like a one and a half year old that's learning how to run, you might lose out a couple times on first move advantage. That baby might get to the stairs before you can take a chomp. Are there stairs for this basement? The basement doesn't exist. That's the whole point. The basement doesn't exist. No, but hypothetically, if the basement exists. Well, if the basement exists, that means stairs? the reptiles exist and the babies exist. Right. But are there stairs? I would I would hope so. That's a basement. Well, yeah, but nobody's going down there. It's just reptiles and babies. Yeah, but that's that's where they meet up. No, that's where they live. Why would they why would they meet? No, that's there? where they meet up. You don't you, you don't you don't know you, you haven't watched the documentaries on 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 the Pizzagate theories? Well, obviously not. Sometimes I sometimes I like watching and seeing like the insane conspiracy theories that people believe that right that are, that are even less believable than than the the uh, people that make a hundred million dollars uh, uh, screwing you over on on two dollar parlays. Yeah. Oh well, James, you're at you're at paydirt underscore dfs on Twitter, and I uh, am. and we'll 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 talk more once we're actually into March, right? Because we're still this is the last Monday of February. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll start we'll start talking more about MLB stuff. Yeah, uh, do some MLB primers, some you know projection stuff. Yeah, for MLB, how how we view them in general, because there's a lot more statistics in MLB than there are in other sports. So people can find your stuff at paydirtdfs.com. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Paydirtdfs.com. Um, I'm building up a, a lot of really cool, like kind of betting things and baseball models will be up here pretty soon in the next couple of weeks. Um, going to be running some promotions and stuff. So if you're not already a member of the site, grab a membership, you'll get an email for some, for some special member uh, exclusive stuff. So, And as always, TheoryDFS.com. Go pick up uh, either the the Fundamentals Masterclass or the Advanced Players Course, which comes with the custom Excel tools. And with this and with the Roto Grinders Premium Membership, get all the sports, MLB and NBA, MMA, PGA. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Like, that's pretty much all you need. You need 
projections. You need ownership. You need game theory. Build lineups. Hope for the best. Don't get beaten out by the by the village idiots. Although the village idiots will win every so often because you need them to win so they keep on playing. Yep. And hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. We got uh, we got NBA stuff today, right? We got we got stuff going on. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live on the channel. Hit smash smash the like button. I never say smash. I always say hit. I always hit the thummy thumbs. Smash the thummy thumbs. I should be saying that more often. And uh, obviously, send in your questions. Questions at theoryofdfs.com because uh, I'll be I'll, I'm going over stuff about DFS strategy. I answer your questions. I give you the answers or somewhat of the answers. Explain the processes. Go through the theory. I do that here Monday through Friday, eleven o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on RotoGrinders.com. <laughs>